Broken crayons. Broken crayons. Broken crayons still color. This is the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast with your host, Shelly Hitz. Each episode contains an inspiring story of hope and healing in Christ. Many times, what we see as our biggest regrets, failures, and mistakes become what God uses the most in our lives. God is able to transform our brokenness into something more beautiful than we can even imagine. He takes our mess and creates a masterpiece. You see, Broken Crayons Still Color. Welcome back to the Broken Crayon Still Color Podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Hitz, and today's guest is Christy Neal. Welcome, Christy. Thank you, Shelly. Yes, I'm so glad that you are here today, and I'm just going to share just a little bit about you before we dive into the interview. Sure. So, when all was lost because of her own choices, and when others looked down on her, Christy chose to look to God. Her story addresses the taboo topic of Christian women and adultery, and her journey to forgiveness of self and a new beginning transformed critical judgment into a compassionate connection. And so she's going to share her story on today's podcast. So as we get started, Christy, just share a little bit of what did the broken crayons in your life look like? Sure. Well, I think that I was that typical Southern girl next door that tried to do everything just perfectly. So I did yes. all the right things all the time and made sure to not do the wrong things. And I was raised in the church. My parents were divorced. And so that was kind of my mission was to divorce proof my family. Oh, wow. And so I feel like a lot of my broken crayons were people pleasing, uh, codependence, striving for perfection. And then which ultimately created that perfect storm in my first marriage where I found myself in the very sin I swore I would never do, committing adultery. Wow. Now, I know a lot of people listening can relate because, you know, some of those things that you mentioned, they're not like the big, big sins of, you know, that we think of, like, you know, what you said led you to adultery, but they can still really bring a lot of of darkness into our heart. Yes. And yes. what would you say was the lowest point in that, that part of your life? I would say that when I came out with my truth of, you know, being in an affair and living a double life for a couple of years, oh, wow. I really felt that my church would provide help or support me and my family to try to heal the situation And it just wasn't that way. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, with when the woman steps out in the marriage, especially in a church environment, the tools aren't there to help the woman. And so a lot of times there is a lot of silence. There is labeling. There is shunning. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the woman is even asked to leave the congregation. And that was never spoken directly to us, but it was kind of a known fact that we weren't welcome back. And so amidst, you know, all of my already brokenness and and the fact that my marriage had been suffering, you know, for a long time for this to even occur or be a temptation for me was just the rude awakening that there is no help. I am now tainted. I am labeled, you know, this homewrecker. Um, I lost not just my family, my reputation, like everything I had strove, uh, strived so hard to reach. You know, I think us women, we, 
We want so bad to be mm. the perfect daughter, <laughs> yes. the perfect student, the perfect mm. girlfriend, the perfect wife. And then when we miss those marks, whether it be small or large, we just continually beat ourselves up and carry that guilt and shame. So I already had all of that in me from just having the affair. And then the response just kind of drove me even deeper into that shame, that guilt, that mm. darkness to a point where I just felt worthless. And when a sinner feels worthless, they don't feel worthy to work on whatever it is they need to work on. For me, it was my marriage. I didn't feel worthy of my husband and my marriage and my family anymore. And so then it becomes this down spiral uh, into just despair, total despair. Uh, ended up losing my family, lose, lost my stay-at-home job. <laughs> you know, I couldn't be a stay-at-home mom anymore. Right. Um, had to had to go back to work. And so there were just many, many things, unfortunately, that unfolded out of trying to be perfect, you know, my entire life. Yeah. And we live in a social media society where everything is like, okay, put your perfect foot forward, your Pinterest, you know, yes, <laughs> style yes. life, your Instagram photos are just perfect, you know, and it's like, exactly. we have so much pressure to be perfect. So I know people are relating to this. And yet, yes. I my heart grieves when I hear your story, because I had a friend tell me almost a similar story when she had an affair in the church. And yes, she had a similar experience and my heart grieves because the, the church is oh, yeah. meant to be a hospital for the hurting and we're to come around each other. And yet sometimes exactly. I, don't th I don't think we know even how to respond. I they, agree. And thankfully our father in heaven, he has love and compassion and grace and forgiveness for us. But sometimes people just don't respond in the ways exactly. that Exactly. That, and I really believe, Shelly, that's part of my mission. I mean, God called mm. me specifically to write my story and write my book. And he spoke to me. He spoke to me in the spirit, told me there were thousands upon wow. thousands, you know, suffering. Uh, and he's like, how can I forget about the thousands? Oh, wow. And so, you know, I agreed to step out. This isn't a fun thing to talk about. No. I don't enjoy talking about it. I, I regret those choices. This isn't something I'm proud of. And the main message is we have got to do better mm. as Christian brothers and sisters at loving our fellow Christians when they fail. Yeah. You know, anyone in the world can love me when I'm perfect. Anyone. Right. You know, I have good <laughs> friends that do not believe in God that are great at loving me. But how do you love me when I'm broken? Mm. And so, unfortunately, what I realized was just about any bar in Nashville would have opened their arms to me. Exactly. Yeah. Would have said, come on, girl, we understand. Hey, get yourself a drink. We've all been there. You know, life is tough. And then I found that my own church didn't have a place for me. And so I had to struggle so hard to cling to my faith, to cling to my mm. belief. Because what happens in the spiritual warfare side, the devil was mocking me. He was mocking my faith. He mm. was mocking my God. He was saying, I told you so. These hypocrites, oh, these wow. Pharisees, they don't care about you. Mm. They only care about you when you look a certain way. Oh. And so what the church body needs to understand is this is a spiritual war on our mm. families. I don't care, Shelly, if it's the man that steps out or if it's the woman. It is a hurting family. There are children involved. Yeah. My daughter did not get to have siblings. 
my daughter had to share time between me and her father Mm -hmm. from age five on. And me and her father are still good friends. And we have had discussion around, had there been tools, had our church responded differently, or even plugged us into another congregation that knew what to do with us, we could have saved our family. Mm. And so we could have had more children. My daughter could have had siblings. So this is something that's affecting families and generations and our children. And we've got to have a plan, Mm. just like a 911 emergency call to a hospital. If there is a cardiac arrest patient that walks in or calls 911, they have a team that they deploy for cardiac arrest. We must, as the spiritual hospitals, have a plan to deploy when adultery arises and it does the congregation i was yeah the congregation i was at i knew of four to five instances where adultery had arisen in the past in the history of that church and the same pattern of not knowing what to do Mm -hmm. occurred again and again and it's like when will we learn that we've got to start talking about this taboo topic and we've got to deploy our spiritual 911 team. Yeah. So and that's I, I, something. Yeah. Ahead. And I want you to talk about that in just a minute. But for you personally, like you're into in this really, really dark, dark place. What was the turning point for you personally? I would say there was an evening where I was on my knees in my daughter's bedroom, kneeled beside her bed, crying out to the Lord, <laughs> mm. wailing, yeah. truly, mm. over what I had done, Oh wow! Um, missing her just terribly, uh, feeling about as low as I ever knew anyone could. I never even knew you could feel that low. Mm. And I cried out to God for help. I, I wanted so desperately for a woman who had walked where I'd walked and been where I'd been and and done what I'd done. My affair was in the church, so it was extra ugly, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to sit across from her and just tell, I wanted her to tell me I was going to be okay. I just needed someone that understood my pain and my despair and my shame and my guilt to tell me it was going to be okay. And I remember God just whispering to me, you are her. And I was so angry oh, at wow. that moment. No! <laughs> You know, because I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm a hot mess. I'm forced. You know, I'm jacked up. I want a woman. And so at that point, I believe something inside me turned. And I knew, it's almost like I became mission driven Mm. to heal. I could not continue to wallow in self-pity. I could not continue to mm. why me and overla- uh, overanalyze every decision I made. And and I could not continue to feel bad for myself that I was now working again and all the things I was missing out on. I had to bounce back. I had to find my joy again. I had to become this bounce back ability, you know, testimony, because I believed that that verse in Romans that talks about, you know, all things work to the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I knew one thing, Shelly, I knew I loved the Lord and I knew I loved my family. You know, that's what's so funny is people are so quick to judge when, Mm. when it's adultery because it hits so close to home. 
And I do understand that. But just because someone steps out, please don't believe the lies that that individual does not love their family, their children, their spouse with their whole heart. Hmm. They had pain long before, probably from their family dynamics, their upbringing, Mm -hmm. that they don't even understand yet, that they have carried into their marriage. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I've met, you know, I mentor women now and time and time again, something about your 30s, you know, your Mm -hmm. 30s hit and you start trying to process all of this hurt from your family dynamics. Some people do well with that and know to go seek counseling or, or seek counsel from friends, you know, or church members or family. But some of us that are stubborn and are independent, <laughs> we try to do it all ourselves. Well, I can handle this. Yeah. And we make a complete mess of things. And that doesn't mean we don't love our family with our whole mm-hmm. heart. So yeah. that, you know, I just beg people, please have more compassion. And just because you don't understand a sin doesn't give you the right to judge someone's heart. Right. Now, as far as like going back to the the plan of the 911 and those that are listening, I mean, most of them are probably in some sort of church body or congregation, may even be leaders. What kind of advice or encouragement do you have to give? And I know you've sure. I, you've written a book, so you can also share about your book, but um, what advice and encouragement would you give? Okay. I, I'm currently working on something that I'm going to call the 90 day 911. Okay. And so anyone, any church, any organization that's listening to this, that's interested in seeing what that's going to look like. I'm hoping to finish that up end of summer. But basically my belief is you have about 90 days from the point that someone confesses that they are struggling with adultery. This could also be any kind of addiction, to be honest. Okay. Um, or, or they are caught. You know, some people are caught. Right. The church or the organization has 90 days to love on this person. Mm-hmm. So the whole theory of the 90 day 911 is separating the sin from the sinner. So you love the sinner. You love them and you bring them to a point of being worthy enough to want to work on their family or to want to go to that rehab center, mm-hmm. whatever the sin. But you separate clearly that the sin does not define them and that you as their church family are not going to label them and define mm-hmm. them as their sin because just like I think it's Romans three twenty three, we all fall short. Right. All of us. So we all have a sin or a crutch of choice. Some of us uh, are forthright with that and some of us keep that to ourselves. But the idea is you have 90 days. And so there's, I break it into 30 day phases um, and my belief is, depending on the sin, there should already be orchestrated certain 911 teams. So for in, in my instance of adultery, ideally, when I came out with my truth, uh, I would have loved for my church to have had a 911 team to deploy for adultery. So I would have loved to have seen a married couple that had survived it. Mm-hmm. They had walked through it maybe a decade or two ago, and they survived it. Maybe um, a divorced individual that was in the church that they themselves had stepped out or their spouse had stepped out, and they were now divorced. Um, and then also maybe um, 
a couple that they had helped a friend or a family member. So they have a connection and they understand the weight of the sin and they understand the full circle that it can be healed. And so there's compassion and empathy around that sin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've struggled with sexual sin and pornography addiction, which was, you know, yes, um, more than a decade ago when I struggled. And that was like taboo at that moment. Yes. Like, no women even talked about it. But now people still don't talk about it. So yes, um, I understand and I have compassion for those that are struggling probably in a different way than you know, someone who's never even been tempted or struggled in that area to exactly you know to know. And yet, you know, God can give every one of us the grace, you know, to yes. minister love. You know, yes. lo- love yes. is not, you know, we don't have to have a degree. We don't have to have, you know, anything, you know, that comes from God. And so right. I just, I love what you're doing. Um, our family oh, um, walked through a situation, um, not the same as what you're talking about, but... It was very similar and it was very painful. And when it happens in the church, there is a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness, even in the other people and the congregation in the church, because they're friends and they're, you know, they're connected to you. And, and so not only does that couple need ministered to, but the church itself, you know, I mean, it's just, we, we, we walk through something like that and it's just like, you know, someone in our family was ripped apart and it it hurts. It's hard. It's painful. And sometimes we just want to ignore it. Because yeah, we don't know what to true. do with the pain. It hurts too deeply. And so I've walked through this. I know a little bit about it just with my own family situation. And I am so thankful that you're doing this. <laughs> so. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, you know, one thing that I did notice and I've noticed in mentoring other women that have walked through this is is people take it personally, you know, and we have got to strive as the congregation and as fellow brothers and sisters, that when one of us comes forth with a, a struggle, that we don't take it mm, personally. Yeah. Because when we take it personally, we're making it about us. Right. And when someone's hurting, it's now about them. And they need your positive energy and your love and your blessing and your prayers for healing. And they need you to believe that they can be healed. They need your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't need your fear around how this is now affecting you. And so, you know, there needs to be that pivot of, of our thinking in our congregations. Yeah, and it takes um, really getting honest and being real on in, in everyone who's involved and just saying, this is, this is my stuff. And exactly. I need to deal with this between God, you know, this fear I'm feeling or this hurt or whatever it is, this betrayal I feel. You know, sometimes they, I think with other people, it feels like, they feel betrayed, you know, exactly. And so yes, there's, there's emotions and feelings that I think everyone has to deal with between them and God. Yes. But, you know, I think as, as a church, you know, having some sort of a uh, plan or some sort of like what you call 911, you know, 90 day plan, you know, to, to be able to help, you know, everyone through the process. Yes. I mean, because everyone is, is hurting, um, not everyone, but most people are, are dealing with something as, as you sure. walk through that process. But, um, yeah, that's true. Where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you or learn more about sure. what, um, you're offering and the different resources you have? Okay, definitely. Well, the book that I wrote is called Don't Ever Tell. Mm. So you can get that at my website, 
which is choosedifferent.org. My ministry is Choose Different Ministries. And you can also find me on Facebook at Choose Different Ministries, or you can look me up on my personal Facebook, Christy Pittman Neal, N is a Nancy E-A-L. And I do a Tuesday, a Transparent Tuesday video every week. Uh, I felt called, mm. you know, by God to just share my wisdom nuggets that, that He's giving me. You know, it's definitely not my wisdom. It's the Lord's wisdom um, and His messages through me. But the book itself, the whole reason I titled it Don't Ever Tell, Shelly, mm. was because that was the advice that I was given. Oh, really? From another woman, yes, that had committed adultery oh, in a goodness. congregation, yes over a decade ago and her story was just baffled me because she had had her affair over a decade ago and God put it on her heart that she needed to confess that sin to her congregation, even though it was long past, long past and over and dealt with. And she was still with her husband and she decided to, you know, get up in front of the congregation and repent, you know, this sin of hers from over a decade ago. And she was treated as if it had just happened. Oh, wow. And she told me, don't ever tell. Wow. It will ruin your life. This, these are the words of another Christian woman. And that just struck me because mm. I'm like, this is how taboo this is. Yeah, and James, it says, confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. Yes. And free. So you may be healed. And yet many times we're in bondage. We don't want to tell because we're af- yes. you know, afraid of how everyone's going to respond. So, yes, that sounds like a, an amazing book. And so definitely um, connect with Christy. And you said your website once again? It's uh, choosedifferent.org. And you can email me directly. It's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at choosedifferent.org. And so I mentor women um, over the phone, doesn't matter where you live. And I just try to be that voice that I Mm. so desperately needed myself a decade ago. Wow. And I I tell people, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to be better than okay. Yeah. You're going to be stronger. You know, Shelly, I'm a better mom. I'm a better friend. I'm a better wife. I'm remarried. I'm a better daughter. I mean, I have new eyes. Yeah. And if if I had never told my truth, I would still be hiding. I would still be shameful. I would not be walking out my purpose. And so I just challenge people, you know, confess, whether that be to you and God or who, you know who you need to confess it to so you can be free, you know. Yes. And, and you the know- healing can begin. Yes, and this podcast is all about how God can turn our messes into masterpieces. And you're such a great yes. example of that. <laughs> how oh, God is using you. your mess and all that you walked through now to just bring so much hope and healing and freedom. And I just pray that God just mm. multiplies your ministry and your influence and that many people find that help that they need. And so thank you thank so, you much, so much, much for being here today, Christy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I just, here's my final words of wisdom for everyone listening. God has a plan no matter where you land. Mm. It's going to be okay. (laughs) There you go. That's a tweetable. (laughs) Yes, there you go. And thank you all for joining us today and for listening in. 
pray that you were impacted and that God spoke to your heart in some way. And if you or someone else you know has a powerful story to share, I would love to have you on the show. You can apply to be featured at shellyhits.com forward slash story. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast. We have a gift for you. Download Shelly's hand-drawn adult coloring pages, as well as printable scripture cards, and all the transcripts from this podcast at www.brokencrayonsbook.com. If today's story inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a comment on iTunes. We love hearing from you, and your encouragement means the world to us. In closing, God is the artist, and our lives are his canvas. What will you allow him to create from the broken pieces in your life? When you are in Christ, you are his masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece.